Good morning, good afternoon and good evening. You are listening to the very first episode of the Coach D podcast. Now, we have a lot to speak about here because this first episode is just going to give you a full walk down memory lane and really get to the depths of who is this person behind this microphone? Who is Coach D and how did Demetrius become Coach D? Now, why basketball? For me, it was definitely something different, as I did mention earlier in the trailer episode. At the time, when I was going to high school, you had your normal sports like football, table tennis, and many other sports. And for me, I just like the fact that basketball was something that not everyone was doing. You know, it, it was very a small sport at the time some do consider that you know basketball is still quite a small sport um and for me that was my advantage because at the time that just meant that during breaks times during lunch you know the basketball court would be absolutely free and that kind of became my second home you know uh if there was tapes back then goodness gracious it would be a lot of um embarrassment um from myself because it it was called a jump shot but to be truthful guys there was no jump in my shot you know my my 10 toes stayed glued to the ground and it was all just upper body in my shot but you know it was a great experience for me to do a lot of trial and a whole lot of error you know and it was something I absolutely dedicated myself to in basketball and uh it's quite funny how I started coaching the sport. I think it was more to be truthful. It was for selfish reasons because I wanted to be the best player in high school. So it was a no-brainer for me to start my level one because I thought, well, the person who probably knows the best in terms of how to become great at basketball is the coach. They know all the secret tips, the secret drills, that the best players in the world do so if I start my level one you know I can just work on getting myself better which which turned out to be a blessing in disguise uh you know I'm just I'm just giving it all to you guys now just just me reflecting on my high school life I think starting you know playing for the school basketball team and I was fortunate enough to um, shout out to Coach Gary if you're um, listening. Uh, he had a National League um, team up in um, Harrow High School. And um, the basketball team that I played for at the time was called Harrow Pride. And man, talk about a jump from high school basketball to National League level. Um, it was a big jump, you know. I remember um, my f- very first session... Um, going up to the national team and uh, I was absolutely shaking in my boots. Um, the first session, I turned up on time, um, you know, thought I had the right gear on. I had my basketball trainers on, had my tracksuit on, you know. Um, I looked the part, but mentally, fundamental-wise, I was nowhere near up to those guys' standards, you know. Um, I remember them running suicides, soon as I walked in you know they was making every single shot organized the coach wasn't playing no games and literally I was like you know what coach I'm gonna just sit on the side and uh, watch you know and uh yeah it was it was a serious um insight just in terms of you know seeing basketball at that 
level and it was definitely for me something to work towards you know and and that just really taught me the importance of you know teamwork the importance of you just actually being ready to play at that level you know and um man you know the very first drill that I did was they made us do well coach made us do wall sits I think the team must have missed a layup or something it was probably me to be truthful that missed that um layup and we did wall sits and for those who do not know what wall sits is it's literally think of you holding a squat but you're using um the wall as support and we had to hold that for maybe 30 seconds to a minute I'm gonna keep it truthful guys this is when I was 16 17 wasn't in the greatest shape of my life uh my legs was trembling they were struggling and the best thing was I was I was trying to not look like I was struggling which is the worst thing you can do because the less you try to put on the more you actually look like you are struggling my legs is wobbling breaking in a cold sweat at this point I was like this isn't basketball training this is military training like this isn't normal you know but um yeah you know just speaking with the guys and just you know getting a feel for who they were and yeah some guys who just started some guys who had been with the team for like two three years so it was a great eye-opener um as I said just in terms of the difference you know you're looking at high school basketball you know we had maybe one training a week if that and it wasn't really organized we literally just rock up um no real technique involved it's literally the cultures give us a ball run up and down pick the most athletic players at the time but just pick the guys who can make a layup and then they will play against um other teams in the school league national league it's a whole lot different you know coach put us through actual structured sessions you know and that was my first exposure to you know how a session is actually structured in terms of shooting passing dribbling team offense team defense and stuff like that and um yeah from from national league man it was an absolute eye opener for me and that just got me even more invested into the sport that really got me to um just invest in myself and get that much more better you know so so that was definitely a interesting turning point for myself and this actually led to me at the time I was doing GCSEPE and uh just to boost up my CV going into um A levels um I did a sports leadership award um this is something that we did in the GCSE where you get to pick a sport that you would like to um, volunteer in. So for me, obviously it would be basketball and I remember myself and a few of our friends uh, went down to a school and it was, it was kind of like a open day, you know, there was like a different tables, you had volleyball, tennis, basketball, badminton, football and this is where um, I met um, two of the mentors um coach robin shouts out to you if you're listening and um another mentor who i'm still in touch with till this day he's known me since he's 16 up until now and we're definitely gonna get him on the podcast for future episodes coach hugh wilkinson uh, man oh man being introduced to coach hugh wilkinson was uh absolutely 
amazing you know he, he he definitely took me under his wing and um just just showed me the ropes from the very basics to all the way to the advanced stuff and um i knew i was going to be in for a treat and i knew that i wasn't going to be able to sit back and just watch you know kind of like how my first um session going up to a national league where the coach kind of allowed me to sit back and watch coach you my first um volunteer session with him um you know i i knew it was going to be serious because i walked in and you know first it was coach robin who uh we was training um down at mornington crescent at the time um and when i walked in to meet coach robin for the first time very chill laid back coach enthusiastic you know gets involved in the drills gets everyone locked in gets everyone focused where i was kind of able to take the more um observer standpoint not really saying too much just just watching how we conduct a training session how we coaches you know with with coach you none of that you know the first uh session i'm not sure if he's um heard this story but the first session i uh went you know came in the door i see him at half court arms folded not looking too happy clearly the players wasn't playing up to standard and um he says you know i'm a coach you um i'll be your mentor for today and i thought okay cool what i was used to was you know sitting on the bench had my little notebook taking notes in terms of you know the teaching points writing down basic drills that i can take back and learn he was like right i'm gonna give you this student to work with um they need to work on their layups now this is a kid at the time who knew absolutely nothing about the technique for layups let alone i could barely make a layup myself but here i am being thrown into the deep end and and literally learning on the fly and little did i know at the time i was like what have i got myself into um but you know little did i know you know he was putting me in a deep end not for short-term gains but for long-term gains you know like this is me volunteering getting the experience you know i'm not gonna get the experience if i'm all the time just sitting down not really doing anything you know yes you can learn from observing but you can also learn and arguably that much more from actually doing it yourself so as nervous as i was you know it it got me to come out of my shell it got me to actually use my voice to speak be more clear in my instructions I, i don't know what i was saying at the time it was probably bad coaching points but um yeah that was a real uh first dive into me actually playing the coaching role hat so shouts out to coach Hugh and um you'll definitely be hearing him on the future podcasts for sure um first time assisting um this was shout out to the Camden Panthers women's team um that was the very first team that I became a part of Um, once I got more comfortable coaching you know at the time when I was volunteering I had my level one um, which just teaches you the very basics in terms of how to plan a session um, different teaching techniques when I got my level two this is where I got a little bit more comfortable at the time I logged in I believe 200 hours of voluntary work for coaching 
So um, I was fortunate enough where Coach Hugh uh, got me a role to be a assistant coach. And at the time, I believe that was just um, being um, the extra coach on court, whether that's being a passer, screener, getting the rebound, um, time management. And uh, one thing I definitely have to give credit is the more comfortable I got in terms of me being the assistant coach, the more coach you gave me in terms of um, assistance and more input in the training sessions. You know, it might be, okay, the training session is two hours. I'm going to give you 15 minutes to get the girls warmed up, you know, or at the time, um, I'm going to give you um, two minutes to do a defensive drill, you know, and obviously he would tell me this in advance so I could plan the session. And this is where my whole habit of how to plan a session, you know, how long, okay, two minutes, is it going to be two minutes straight work? You know, what's the topic? We're working on defense or it's going to be 30 seconds warm up, you know, the next 30 seconds you progress the warm up a bit. Now you can really get into the defense and things like that so definitely assisting with the Camden Panthers women's team that was from 2008 was when I became an assistant coach and you know at, at that point this is where it's I was quite fortunate just in terms of the people that I was able to develop friendships with you know the coach Robin the coach Hugh the Camden Panthers women's team and all the other coaches along the way you know it, it really I you know gained a newfound respect um not just from a player standpoint but from also a coaching standpoint and it you know started from me wanting to be a better player and then it kind of did a full 360 and thought well if I know all of this knowledge and I want to be the best player I can there's going to be a lot of players older younger who are in the same shoes as me they want to get better and if I'm sharing what I know what I've learned in the sport of basketball then that means that the quality of basketball in clubs in schools in London and as a whole is going to get that much more better so you know that's that's what slowly started to develop within myself and you know it's gonna be going through a lot of first times you know my first time holding a ball which I've covered the first time assisting the first time building relationships with the likes of coach Robin coach you the Camden Panthers women's team and you know after a few seasons uh, assistant coaching with the Camden Panthers women's team you know the more years that passed the more knowledge I started to gain on the sport um, the more responsibility I was given as an assistant coach in terms of, you know, leading full one hour, two hour sessions, you know, developing a session plan, one on one workouts with the players, you know, and things like that. And um, this led to um, Coach Yu being very um, fortunate enough to uh, bless me with a under 16s Barney East Giant. Shout out to you guys, man. Um, you know, you guys are absolutely amazing, man. I've, I've grown so much with these kids um, over the years. So um, I started to coach the Barney East Giants, my very first team as being a head coach. I believe um, this 
started. I started to head coach the Giants maybe 2012, I want to say. It's, it's, it's been so long, I can't even pinpoint the exact day. And man, did I grow so much more, you know, because it's, it's one thing to assistant coach where... You know, the most concerns you're really talking about is the equipment, have the basketballs, you know, have a session plan just in case, you know, you're you're kind of um, taking half of the responsibilities as a coach. Whereas being the head coach, it taught me punctuality, you know, getting to the venue on time. You know, it, it really got my session plan development down packed in terms of what time we start. You know, for example, I learned from being a head coach for Barney East Giants, you know, the details within the details in terms of, you know, we would start at 5.30 and we'll finish at 7.30. So you would break it up in segments. So, for example, from 5.30 to 5.45, that's 15 minutes of a warm up, you know, dynamic flexibility, stretching, getting the players warmed up geared in and inside of that after the warm-up there will be there will be a talk in terms of okay what is the area of emphasis for today you know because it gets me locked on it gets me prepared for what I'm going to be teaching the players but it's good to tell the players what they're going to be working on in the two hours because it, it gets them locked in it gets them focused and for some people it, it gets them hyped you know if a kid comes into a session and the coach says, okay guys we're going to work on shooting we're going to work on finishing at the rim and how to be ready to shoot before the ball is in your hands as a player but i bet i'm going to be working on shooting so you know i'm getting myself into the mindset of a shooter and you as a player you get yourself that much more pumped so man being a head coach for that team a whole lot of ups a whole lot of downs man um man from even being organized in terms of having kits um, you know, getting the players ready and most importantly, once I entered them into a season, that was a whole nother ball game. You know, we had to work on, you know, controlling 12 players. First off, making sure everyone is available to play a game. That's step one. Saying where we're going to meet, step two. And at the time, I thought, okay, I've got 12 players that are available to play a game i've got the kit i've got the equipment what more could go wrong i would say all right our game is at let's say two o'clock everyone get there for 1 30 rookie mistake schoolboy error that i've learned from now but at the time i thought okay everyone has agreed to show up at 1 30 you know 16 year old kids the bus runs late they forgot to have breakfast they lost a pound any type of excuse you know so man that first season we showed up to a game late sometimes we didn't even get time to warm up it was literally just get changed jump on the court hope for the best and goodness gracious I would not want to hear my timeouts during that first year of coaching but um yeah man I, I grew with that team you know I learned you know just how important the coach and player relationship is you know them getting to know you on and off the court a lot um i learned that a lot from coach you and the camden panthers women's team you know the women's team would know us on the court 
but they will know us off the court as well, which means that you're able to coach a point or deliver a point that much more better, you know. So I definitely grew with that team, you know. One of the highlights probably was, wow, um, a lot to be fair. Fortunately, you know, from the beginning, I would say at the time that you're looking at my third year coaching the Barney East Giants I had an under 12s team um, and they made it all the way to the semi-finals and man I was proud of them because at the time this is when you know I was really able to teach an actual play you know I understood a play was able to teach it to players effectively and that got got us all the way to the semi-finals and uh, we did come up short and they're saying, but coach, if you guys didn't win, you know, where's the highlight in that? You know, if you're looking at the process, you know, from getting there one hour early, you know, and you're thinking, why would you <clears throat> get to a venue one hour early? Well, if they get there 15 to 20 minutes late, that still gives you 45 to 40 minutes extra. You know, you get changed, you're by the court. 15 minutes before tip the players are stretching I'm speaking to players at the time I'm telling players you know what we're going to be working on today who are the key players on the other team that you need to watch out for and in terms of where the under 12s team started in terms of them getting used to playing in a league then getting used to playing with each other and then them scoring five out in training and them actually scoring within a competitive environment and them reaching that far to the semis it was absolutely amazing and and to see you know that huddle and you know the kids was absolutely in tears that they didn't get to go through um in the late stages it it was a testament to how far they got you know how much they invested in the team as well as for me it was a real eye-opener in terms of just how much they wanted it um and and just how far my growth you know from me being 16 you know not knowing anything about basketball you know me starting basketball for selfish reasons to me now sharing you know my knowledge and and it's just less about I and more about us we the sort of team us mentality you know so it, it was it was definitely a a huge um highlight for myself and um another first for me um taking you all the way down memory lane today man um you know the first coaching clinic you know because being a coach again this was all new to me at the time i was um assistant coaching with the Kendall panthers women's team getting comfortable um coaching my first uh barnet east giants team which led to here in um london whenever the nba comes over to have a friendly or to have a season game the coaches of those two teams um give a coaching clinic and my very first one that i remember um vividly was 2012 this was the new york knicks and i believe it was the detroit pistons at the time that was coming down to play at the o2 and man 
talk about what an impression this guy led on me, um, Dave Hoopla. Um, he was able to increase the New York Knicks shooting percentage by 43%. Um, he's in the Guinness Book World of Records for the most threes in a minute, I think, or something like that. It, you know, um, correct me if I'm wrong. Let me know in the comments. But you know, the way he came on and and gave a talk about how important shooting is and how important having a mindset how important practice is you know i took a whole lot of gems you know the importance of balance eyes elbow follow through you know to him even you know debunking myths like at the time it was all about the guide hand and for him he was like the guide hand the guide hand doesn't exist you know he was a very literal coach in terms of if i use my left if i'm if i right hand dominant and i point because you're talking about the guide hand if i point to the center of the room as my guide hand does by me pointing increase my shot percentage so yeah just just learning and you know debunking a few myths you know changing the terminology of the guide hand to you know the balance hand you know it just keeps the ball set it doesn't allow the ball to go left or right it keeps it set in your dominant hand and just 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 little tips in terms of making sure the last two fingers to leave the ball when you shoot should be your index and middle finger you know focusing on the center of the rim the arc making sure how important um having your elbow above your eye should be you know things like that was was gems that i was writing down um, and taking it with me to teach in all of the schools and all of the teams that I coached at the time so my first culture clinic was absolutely amazing because I learned so much and to be in front of guys who's trained players at the very highest level and just to be getting drills that NBA teams do and being able to bring them back to the teams that I coached was you know an absolute gem you know i i just didn't even know that just by me getting this qualification opened up so many avenues so many doors for me in terms of how i can get better as a coach and just enhance my team's performance and wow this led to now me um at the time um this is now finishing school um, I was fortunate enough to be a part of the um, Olympics being a sports ambassador. So the role I played um, during the Olympics was uh, myself and a few other sports fanatics. Uh, we would be, we was those people that would be um, outside of stations that would be directing you to, you know, the quickest way to get to the Olympic stadium and things like that, which was quite uh comical because i think the first day you know i did my research the night before i'm like okay you know people are going to be coming to me as an act of guidance and they're going to ask me you know what's the best way to get to um olympic stadium if there is a train delay or stuff like that how do i get there so i knew all the quickest routes the first question <laughs> was you know this gentleman came up to me and said yeah i'm um, excuse me, sir um i see you got the shirt on so i hope you'll be able to help I'm thinking I'm ready. You're gonna ask me how to get to so and so. I'm gonna show you on the map. Da 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 da. Boom bow. Everything's done. Um, <laughs> this guy um asked me the first question, man, was um yes. Yeah, so I'm trying to figure out how to get to Starbucks from here. Um, because I'm not really from London, but you know I'm trying to figure out how to get to Starbucks. I'm looking at this guy like, 
do you not see the shirt? Like, do you like like this is a sports ambassador shirt, man? I'm trying to figure out how to get you to an Olympic event, you know? So that was quite funny in itself. And um, you know, shout out to the crew at the time that was uh with me, man. And uh, one of the highlights from that was um well many highlights i'm gonna pick the main ones for me was me in serge ibaka who uh, 2019 nba champion um i didn't even notice him at the time i, I, I was so focused on uh, helping someone there was a guy who was like demetrius um this guy looks super tall like do you know him i turned around i went from being professional to a straight up stan fan i literally ran across the streets and said um you know serge ibaka um, absolutely love your game can i t- take a quick uh picture so that was a cool little moment meeting uh Serge Ibaka that was at the time he was playing for Oklahoma City so that was with uh Russell Westbrook and um Kevin Durant at the time and um yeah the Olympics was amazing man just to see the whole city on fire in terms of you saw so many countries coming down to support I was fortunate enough um to see some women's um basketball games I saw Senegal against um, USA. Um, I even got to watch with Coach Hugh, Coach Robin, and um, a player, Barbara. Shout out to you uh, from the Canada Panthers women's team. We saw some preliminary games. We saw France. So we got to see Joe Kim Noah, Tony Parker up close and personal. And just to see, you know. To me, that was NBA basketball, you know, because it was it was France. They had a plethora. They had Boris Diaw, you know, who played for the San Antonio Spurs. Tony Parker, as I, as I mentioned earlier, he played for the Spurs. Just to see basketball at the highest level, you know, being played right in front of my eyes. And even to, I was taking notes as a coach, you know, in terms of what drills the Tony Parker did beforehand. And I remember at the time, um, before the game even started, he was working on his balance. It was it was like a um, I can explain it. It's it's like a cushion that's filled with air, and you stand on it. And he's working on his balance, you know, and him just getting into the right mindset and things like that before the game was absolutely amazing. So uh, appreciative of that Olympic experiences and all the memories it brought me. And man, this led to, you know, 2017, you know, um, took you from 2008 all the way up until 2017, where it was a huge year for me because by far, this was at the point um, where before this opportunity arose to me, um, extremely um, comfortable leading sessions, um, you know, head coach of the Giants, you know, really starting to identify as a coach what my philosophy was at the time, um, what team basketball was all about at the time and still to this day being heavily influenced by Coach Hugh, being heavily influenced by Greg Popovich and the whole Spurs offence and defensive system. Um, I was fortunate enough in 2017 to be the head coach of the London regional team. Now, this is a stage just before players get selected to play for England. And this was a very huge deal for me because to be um, 
recognized uh, for my um, skill set was extremely humbling for me, but a huge challenge at the same time because it really forced me to lock in. You know, it, it really forced me to shout out to um, Coach Matt to now start working on a deep level my scouting abilities. You know, um, starting coaching, I was quite vague in terms of, okay, number seven is right-hand dominant, um, can't go left, things like that. But now, at the regional level, it's, you know, my job was to go to the London Youth Games, scout 12 of the best players out of London, and the scout report would be deep. It can't just be number seven is a good shooter, it's number seven is a good shooter from the corner, He's more of a catch-and-shoot, not that consistent going off the dribble. And if he is, he's more comfortable going to his right, has got good point guard vision, good closeout, doesn't box out, doesn't like physicality and things like that. Because, you know, coaching at that level, the details matter, you know. Um, the, The details are so important because you're not just selecting players to represent London to play against other regions in the whole of England. Um, It's about showcasing what London basketball has to offer, you know, and with that role comes a lot of um, seriousness, um, a lot of excitement also, but, you know, just, just really you're showing, you know, the great Britain coaches what London has to offer. You know, that we have quality basketball players in London that has the level to be selected to play for England, you know. And and coaching at that level, you know, up in the tournament was in Manchester where you're playing against 12 of the best players from the Midlands, up north, places like that. It was a great experience, you know, one of the lessons that I learned is that it's quite interesting because you're dealing with players who are extremely athletic, extremely skilled, extremely fundamental. How can you now get these 12 talented players? What type of offenses can showcase their skill set? You know, what type of um, defensive schemes can you bring up that will showcase them and put them in the best light? And it takes a lot of, you know, um, scouting. It takes a lot of intuition. It takes a lot of trust in yourself as a coach to know that this offensive system that I've worked with these guys for during the training sessions is the best system for them. And it will showcase to the GB coaches um, what London has to offer. Um, And in terms of what, because it was a great opportunity for myself because not just to coach at that level but to be coached by GB coaches because before that you know I was getting a lot of tips from you know my mentor coach Hugh coach Robin a lot of things learning myself at that stage when you're coaching these tournaments it's not just the London players that are being assessed you're being assessed as a coach you know what you say on the sidelines what you say in timeouts how you make substitutions, um, you know, do you, like, just just how are you as the full package? Because they're looking at you as 
a potential coach to be moved up and be a part of the England coaching staff also. So it was a learning curve for me to sit down with GB coaches and them to highlight things that I do well in terms of, you know, one thing I learned was that was making adjustments um, in terms of um, if, let's say, the full court press isn't working, um, change it to a half court or making substitutions where you make um, one player mark someone because they're more of an effective defender. One area of improvement I got from the GB coach was, you know, don't just say, okay, we're going to take off the um, full court and go into half court. Tell the players why in terms of, you know what, the full court isn't working or, right, you're not marking your player correctly, you're fatigued, I'm going to take you out and put on another player. You know, the full court isn't working, we're going to do half court to conserve our energy, but I think we're going to do a lot more damage pressure, pressuring them in the half court. It gives them the bigger picture and it makes you transparent as a coach so they see what you're thinking, which means they're able to carry out what you want from them a whole lot more better because they're able to read from the same book as yourself so that was a big learning curve um that I got from um you know coaching at the regional level so I'm definitely uh, proud of myself um you know to be recognized at that level and yeah it just again I brought back so many gems um so many drills so many you know attention to details also you know bringing that back to the Canada Panthers women's team to the Barney East Giants you know it just really added to my coaching knowledge as a whole and uh man where does this leave me now um constantly onwards and upwards that's what I say with my uh mentor um it definitely how do I say wants me to not just teach you know players who are athletic you know players who play at a high level if anything more than ever now um fortunately enough I'm able to be in a lot of primary schools where I'm working with a lot of you know younger kids you know year threes year fours even younger teaching them the fundamentals from early the footwork and not just them being a player but I'm teaching them how to referee the game you know I think it's so important especially if we can get kids from a young age to understand the sport not just from a player's perspective but from a coach's perspective and most importantly a referee's perspective because we've all seen it whether you're a parent a coach a player or just a fan you know it happens in the NBA it it happens in college basketball every level you know a player draws a foul and you always see but what how is that a foul no way that is that is a bad call and they don't understand the technicalities of that that you was in the person's spotlight your arm did come down and you know they don't really see things from the referee's perspective so by teaching the kids from early what is a foul you know what body movement um you know um persuades the referee to make a call or not and how you can prevent yourself from not being um or not being drawn into a foul is so much more helpful you know it it definitely makes the kids mindful and most importantly one thing I learned is that especially with the kids you get you know some kids who are um for lack of a better term extroverted who are very 
um, energetic, you know, want the spotlight, they want the ball, they want to shoot past dribble, everything. Then you've got others who um, maybe lack shooting or don't feel comfortable shooting. They don't feel that they're good enough yet to play in a game. It doesn't necessarily mean that you take them out and they just watch. No, you can take them out, but you put a whistle in their mouth. You know, you you get them to, you'd sometimes I'll get some of the kids to follow me around the court watch what I do you know when I blow the whistle and I say travel what the hand sign is for travel when I blow the whistle and say double dribble what the hand sign is for double dribble so they're learning they're still involved in basketball and they're just learning a different role and then what you start seeing is them from going shy to them slowly coming out of their shell they might start with you know me um, on the side and you know they will or the kid will blow the whistle and if they're not that confident saying what it was why they blew the whistle they'll blow the whistle and I'll say that was a travel they'll blow the whistle that was a double dribble then that progresses to them being more comfortable than being by themselves then blowing the whistle travel double dribble and one of the best highlights man is is being able to you know it runs on automatic you know and coach he knows exactly what I'm talking about when you know you're able just to sit on the side as, as a coach and everything is it, just running by itself. You know, the kids know how to play. You know, you've got five, six-year-old uh, referees that are blowing the whistle. The players are respecting the call and it's all the right calls. It's not like they're just saying travel when it's a double dribble. They're identifying exactly what is happening on the floor. And just to see small kids running around and playing you know, good-looking basketball, you know, making layups, a travel is called, you know, the kid blows the whistle, does the right hand sign, saying it clear, that was a travel, it is absolutely amazing, man, that's that's just one of those moments as a coach where you can just go, <sighs> you know, and just feel completely um, happy in what you do, so, yeah, that is, that is, you know, um, how I got into basketball, why I love the sport so much, and, how it's it's just you know I take these principles that I've got from basketball and apply it into life because life is basketball you know it's it's the principles of you know teamwork it's it's bigger than you it's about us it's the same thing that you can apply in life you know I apply communication skills in basketball with with one player you might be able to be a little more heavy-handed in terms of maybe how you speak to them or um you know and when I mean heavy-handed I mean you might be able to say or demonstrate it once or you might even to demonstrate you might have to say all right I want you to do a three-man weave on the third pass goal for a layup make sure the teammate training behind you gets the rebound they'll be able to get that down packed easily whereas others you may need to demonstrate walk them through it so it's about being um adaptable to the players that's in your room same thing in life you know some people you know you can you can tell them straight up this is a cold hard facts for some people you may need to still tell them it but in a different way maybe you give them an example maybe you make it more personal for them you know so it's just about gifting something gifting you know life lessons basketball lessons in a way that each individual can take what they need out of it and can maximize their potential the best way how so you know basketball and life is always interlinked and you know throughout these future 
discussions, you know, we will always bring it down to, you know, yes, we love basketball, it's, it's taught us a lot, but we will also reflect on how it's taught us a lot in life, you know, and, and how we're using basketball teachings into life as well. And just one more thing, and I'm going to end on it, is, um, you know, one thing I kind of took for grant not granted but I think one thing I uh didn't realize how much was you know your relationships from a coach to a player you know um you know because these friendships you have are lifelong you know whether they stop playing for you or they keep on playing for you that that bond that you know brotherhood is always and forever you know that's amongst me as coaches um, very close relationships that I consider family and again players to me are family you know it's it's amazing where I'm able to see you know players that I used to coach now getting scholarships you know just on you know them being talented at basketball but not just them being talented at basketball but their mannerisms them being punctual them being able to you know knuckle down and get work done you know just to hear stories like that from the players that I've been fortunate enough to coach is is absolutely humbling it um keeps me going and um it's it's absolutely you know um amazing you know um honorable shout out to Mert you know um when he told me uh he got the news um that he got a scholarship you know it 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 was you know emotional you know because he he grinded so much and and he really deserved it and and things like that is possible you know when you commit to something and you want it so hard and you put the work in you work hard you work smart you work consistent you know it it can really pay off you know it can really advance you personally but also professionally you know shout out to Andrew you know he was an absolute athletic beast you know um and and it was a long road for him a lot of um heartbreak a lot of you know being sore in the gym a lot of ice baths a lot of tears frustration not being picked for certain things but you know he was able to get a scholarship over in the states which absolutely surprised me you know it was just amazing in terms of just how far you know one can go with this you know so it's it's something that i continue to work on just just me continue to be a student of the game surrounding myself with the right people and yeah man you know us all together we're all in this together you know just to build the sport you know which as a result will will make our lives that much more better but this is the man behind the microphone and you'll get to know many different sides to me throughout this whole series i thank you for your time and i will catch you on the next one this is coach d signing out